Are you not having the success you want with your direct bookings? Perhaps you are tired of feeling like you are out of your depth and wish there was an easier way. Well, I've got an exclusive free training coming up that just might help. Join me on April 4th when I will share the top three mistakes that I consistently see vacation and short-term rental property managers make in their desire for direct bookings that could be costing you major profits. I will also be sharing my top tips in building your own direct booking sales engine that will bring in those direct bookings while you sleep. Come and join in the fun. Head to my website, directbookingsuccess.com, and click on the free training button to join me on April 4th, because you deserve your own direct booking success. This is the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you the information you need to increase your direct bookings. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the short-term rental industry. I'm here to help so you too can have direct booking success. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. Today, we are speaking with Di Hamill. She will be speaking at the Direct Booking Success Summit in September. Di, welcome to the podcast. Hello, and thank you, Jen. Can you tell us a bit about who you are for anyone listening who doesn't know you? Certainly. I've run Wild Harvest Teepees and Activities for about 17 years now. We started off as activities and added glamping about eight years ago. We've got two teepee sites and a cabin in French Woodland. Wow, 17 years. That's a long time to be in business these days, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it kind of evolved. It's all about pivoting. Yes, (laughs) especially what we've learned over the last couple of years too. Yes. So tell us about the event side. How did you start that 17 years ago? Where did that idea come from? Well, I was already a teacher and then I started teaching kind of natural lifestyle skills that were our lives of foraging, basket weaving, candle making, rag rugging. And then those classes kind of grew and people started camping in my garden to do my courses And that's what led to me deciding to put up teepees for them. So, yeah, we were activities based, then added glamping. They were really camping out to do the activities? In my front garden, yes. Oh, that's amazing. Because if they they wanted to do two courses that were a day apart, you know, to facilitate them coming further, yeah, the first group, the first couple said, is there anywhere nearby we can camp? So I kind of said, well, you can just camp in the garden if you want to do two courses back to back. And then that's how it started. Yes. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's a great way of getting into it. So you started with a couple of teepees? Just one teepee, actually. Okay. I ran a retreat one weekend where people were camping and we were doing the activities over about three days and they were camping. And it was a a very wet May weekend and they were all sopping wet. And I thought, you know what? I just need to pop up a central like space. So then I've got one teepee and a fire circle. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll get more teepees. And yeah. And we went from having kind of them camping to us having 26 beds now across the two teepee sites. 26 beds. Yes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Bedding, bedding and towels, which we do in-house. <laughs> <I must> yeah. <laughs> yeah, laundry has to be the worst part of this whole business. So you've got two TP sites then, did you say? 
Yes, that's right. And we're quite an unusual booking format in that we only deal with groups. You know, so if Mr. and Mrs. Brown wanted to come with their son, we can't accommodate because you get the whole TP site. You know, we can't let the TPs out separately. We just the infrastructure isn't designed to be like that. So we were one of the first group glamping venues that, you know, just especially that just only provided for groups. But yeah, there's a few more now. Yes. Yes. Like everything. Once something, they see something is success more come out of the, come out of the woodwork, don't they? They do. Yeah. Well, that's great. So it's a real destination, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we were activities based first, but as as you're probably aware, a lot of glamping places are now adding activities with that idea that you can just go and totally relax into the environment, you know, without having to think about booking, you know, traveling externally. So... And tell us a bit about where you are. Uh, geographically? Yes. All right, okay. Spiritually, <laughs> you know, romantically. <laughs> um, geographically, we are just 12 miles out of York City in the rural outskirts of York, which is quite flat, uh, open, just kind of wide open countryside, but quite, yeah, close to, to York. And we do find that being central in the country, so we're central from on the east-west axis and we're central on the north-south axis. And that works very well. Yes, I guess it would do. It's people coming down from Scotland as well as people coming up from the south coast. Well, when it's groups, of course, they can come from all over. So having a central point to meet when some might maybe coming from up north and others from. So I found the middle band of the country is, is good for this phenomenon. Are you putting together the groups that come? Are they already put together and they're coming to you to do the activities and stay? A mixture of both, really. I do run retreats where individuals book on, either on their own or maybe with a friend or relative, and then they come with other people who they don't know. You know, they'll turn up separately. But uh, probably 80, 90% of my bookings are where the group knows each other already and they kind of hire the site. So it might be a team, a team weekend, a hemp party. We do stag parties, baby showers, birthday bashes. So yeah, family, just extended family groups we went into when families were able to bubble in COVID. Right. Yes. So we lost our hemp parties, but because we were groups, we were able to do bubbled family groups. So. Oh, that's great. That's really great. And it's such a good idea for those who have a holiday let or a vacation rental and they want to add something to make their their place more of a destination, something like a course or an experience or a retreat. It's great to see what you're you're doing. And obviously a very successful way of doing it for doing it for 17 years with the courses. And then the retreats came in, what, eight, eight years ago? Yeah, we've been doing the retreats about eight years. So, And tell us a bit more about your background and why you wanted to start the, the, you know, the courses. What was going on in your life when you wanted to start those courses? Uh, well, I actually lived in a caravan with my three children in a very remote area and off grid. I was already teaching law and psychology, actually, at college, but I gave it up, had kids, did some post graduate stuff and then went back to teaching but was teaching the things that we how we lived you know the foraging the basket weaving candle making so that's how we kind of that's our background yeah qualified teacher just kind of changed what she was teaching and then added the glamping to basically to increase the radius of the customer base from being because when people travel for a day course it might be one and a half hours 
But then by offering the glamping, I could increase the radius to national, really, for people to come on the, the courses. Mm-hmm. And what's the what's the thing that you love about what you do? It gives me hope for the future of the world, Jen, you know, because our ethos has stayed pure for the full 17 years. We haven't compromised that we always do natural and nature-inspired things, that we only use local resources or, or temperate climate, at least not tropical. So I've kind of stayed true to the ethos and that we're still fully booked and that people actually want to come and stay off grid and learn these things especially the young people you know that's what gives me hope for the future of the world that they come really quite glamorous and then they live by fire and leave you know a bit kind of smelling of smoke with right. their fingernails <laughs> but they've loved it yeah do you find that the public's appetite for living more simply has grown in the years it has, yes. I mean, I've been it's been a flurry of media activity for us this week because I've been living and teaching these skills for a long time, but obviously post-pandemic and then the fuel crisis and you know now the energy crisis, yeah, the media are hot on kind of so yeah, definitely there's been an increase. But just glamping in general and getting back to nature, you know, with or without kind of learning things, just just reconnecting. We've been disconnected for so long. It's just that simple life. You know, we live, we're so addicted to technology and screens and just the idea of, you know, being in a field in a teepee or a caravan or something and just living simply. Can I, I, can I earn up to a confession on here? I can because it's other business owners, isn't it? And not sometimes they ask for the Wi-Fi password. So I say, oh yeah, I'll go and get it for you. And then I just deliberately forget. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I just think especially when it's children I just think no you can blooming well interact <laughs> yes that's it just enjoy it yeah so tell us about who else lives on the farm with you oh the other creatures yes well we have Fred and Barney two therapy sheep that we've just adopted they absolutely love the customers and they are very handily located just between the teepee site and the toilet so they make sure that you stop and stroke them on the way to the loo. We've got, yeah, lots of free range hens and ducks and little chicks. And we often have ducklings. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And tell us about <laughs> Yeah. Tell us about your special chick that uh, bonded with you this spring. Oh, well, yes. She it was a, There was a little chick that one of our hens had and the mother attacked the other hen. So I took the remaining one off, the chick. So I brought her into the house and she lived in the house for um, since she was about well, two or three days old, and she took to sitting on my shoulder under my hair as if this was a wing. So a tiny little chick. It was really cute to begin with, and then she got to be about a foot high, <laughs> <laughs> droppings on my shoulder. So eventually oh. I put her out, no, not, and then I put her outside again. I put her outside, obviously, when it got to that point. I was like, right, okay, time to go out. And the others didn't accept her because obviously she was this princess. So she's lived separate from the others. But then the others all laid eggs and didn't sit. And she's only very, very young herself. She decided to sit on everybody else's eggs as a teenage mum, just a very young bird, sat, sat, sat. And I did not think she would make it. And then we looked and under the hedge were seven little chicks. So she she did it. I'm so proud. So maybe it's that maternal instinct being passed on. So she's got seven little sort of adopted babies. Yes. Yeah. So I've got them in a pen now, so they're safe, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And she's still taking care of them. Yes, absolutely. But she'll still come out and sit on my shoulder when I go and feed them. <laughs> Will she? Yeah. Even as a big chicken. 
Yep. Mm. Oh my goodness. She really bonded. It's so nice to be able to have this job where you work from home. You know, I do the admin, I'm going to see the animals, I do the teepee site. I can, you know, just around it all the time. So yeah, very lucky in this kind of work, I think, to live up work from home. Definitely, definitely. And have that space and the animals. I think it sounds, it sounds idyllic. Tell us, what would you say for those who are starting out in glamping these days? that maybe have started to see last year we had such a a staycation boom you know the end of the pandemic what would what would sort of advice you'd give to those that are starting out yes well if you started out last year then i think you'll have been in for a bit of a shock like you say you know the entire nation was locked in our country the accountant called it an exceptional year yes <laughs> so this year you know you will probably find a big drop in bookings but don't let that put you off hopefully it will stabilize but on the kind of yeah and also the workload from last year was phenomenal again that workload should stabilize but Advice, I would say systems, systems, systems and systems. Also to delegate as much as you can. So, you know, to begin with, I did everything, including all the teepee site cleaning. And then I suddenly thought I can pay a cleaner at what was then £10 an hour because my time doing the systems and the strategy is way more important. You know, bringing the customers in. So absolutely don't be frightened to delegate. But when you delegate, you need systems so that whoever you delegate to is just doing things how you want it. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? To make sure that they're doing it how you want it to be done. Yeah. I mean, you can't just say to somebody, right, can you clean the teepee site? Because everybody's version, you know, is different. So you absolutely need checklists. You know, we've got them on mobile phones for staff, which then kind of fills, fills a form in at the end. And then that form is stored. So, yeah, just try and systemize as much as possible, really, because it removes you then from all of those unnecessary tasks if you can kind of delegate and automate. Read um, Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Working Week, if you're interested in the concept of automation and delegation. But even in glamping, it applies, yeah. Yeah, I think it applies in all areas, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, if we want to work less or work on the more, the higher strategy tasks, automate the rest. Yep, absolutely. And what about those who are wanting to add an experience to their glamping site or their holiday let? What would be your advice for those that are wanting to sort of become more of a destination for people rather than a place just to to lay their head? Yeah, I mean, I've spoken before about the need to become more than just accommodation now in this current kind of competitive market. And I do see a lot of people adding activities. You know, often they bring, they just list other people on their website or they'll bring bring somebody in. So I think we're quite unique in that we offer every single activity from in-house tutors and on the site. You know, we do it all basically. But even if you can't do that, yeah, absolutely bring somebody in, you know, maybe take a bit of commission if you wanted or don't be don't be thinking that you haven't got anything to offer because everybody has. You know, you might not think you've got something inside of you that would create an activity, but it could be as simple as if you like cooking, do a curry night or, you know, just buy some bikes, you know, just just there's lots of things you can do. Treasure hunts. So you can offer in-house activities as well. Yeah, that's a good tip there to look to your own experience and see what you can provide as extra value to your guests. Mm -hmm. It also helps with that guest experience, doesn't it? 
It does because you then have more face-to-face interaction with your guests during the stay and you find that they really feel they get to know you a little bit. So when they go away, it's like your name is in all of their reviews because rather than it's just, oh, it was nice accommodation, you know, you're reviewed, the activities are reviewed and it's just a fuller review basically because of that extra interaction that you have with them. Definitely. I find that, you know, I think the, well, the pandemic is, I think, partially to blame, but also think that property management companies in their, in their greed and wanting to scale quickly, this contactless entry has, yeah. is getting slightly out of hand. I know that looking for a property management company to help with our our holiday in in Liverpool, I haven't been able to find anyone because no one is willing to do a face to face check in as we do for our for our guests. And I do think that having some kind of personal interaction with guests is what how you can increase their their guest experience from just being yes, like you said, just being accommodation to being in an experience. Yeah, I think automation is really important in systems up to the point that they arrive. <laughs> and then yes. has, then during their stay, it's all about face-to-face interaction. And then when they leave, the automation can kick in again. <laughs> and the automation doesn't have to mean dry or stuffy or from a big corporation. It can still be quite personal, you know, and it's as simple as using the word I instead of we. You know, if it's you and your business, don't hide behind a we, say I. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. So we're we're coming up to the Direct Booking Success Summit in September. It's the second annual. You were one of our speakers last year, and you're also going to be speaking this year. I'm really looking forward to hearing your presentation. Can you tell us a little bit about the topic that you will be speaking on? Yes. Well, as you can imagine, after 17 years in business, I've done a lot of trial and error of how to make it more efficient. I'm slightly obsessed with efficiency, Jen. You know, I don't have TV. Instead, I look at different softwares and play about with them, rule them in, rule them out. So to the point where, you know, we've kind of built our own tech stack, if you like, and automations and systems. So I really hope to be able to help empower other accommodation owners to look at that customer journey, you know, right from front end's first seeing you online, through the sales process, through the inquiry process, to converting to a booking and through the booking process, right to when they leave your accommodation and they get an email saying, thanks for staying with us. Here's a discount off your next booking. Please review us here or here. And any feedback, personal email here, that kind of thing. Yeah, so the the whole customer journey from first seeing you to the end and how it can be better managed because I don't know how many people lose people. You might get an email and think you've got a pretty organized inbox and you reply, but then often that's it. So how do you keep that customer in your funnel? Because, you know, there's a thing about the... uh, like an iceberg that only 3% are ready to buy at that time. When, you know, when they see you on online, or a few more when they actually inquire, but they might still not be ready and then you lose them. So, you know, my system, it captures them at the front end and then it nurtures them and then through inquiry. So we don't really lose anybody basically right up to people leaving reviews. And it's uh, much of that is automated. So I can't wait because I, re- I know that I am going to learn a lot because it just sounds brilliant. And I know from what you've done in your in your business and how successful you've been, obviously this is a piece of that success, isn't it? Yeah, well, every interaction, it's taken you effort to get that interaction. 
So, you know, don't lose it. <laughs> don't lose it just because there's holes in your bucket, basically. You know, kind of get them siphoned through because it's a lot of effort at the front end to get people. And I know a lot of people aren't doing this whole process. So that that's my aim, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for your presentation. Can I ask you what you're looking forward to at uh, the second annual Direct Booking Success Summit? Is there something you're looking forward to or something that you're looking to learn about at the summit? Oh, I found last year's talks, all of them. There was something in every every single one. I really enjoyed them. And also chatting to the people afterwards. Definitely direct booking wasn't even on my radar as a concept before I saw your business. I didn't even think like, oh, you know, I didn't even think, oh, am I relying too heavily on Airbnb? I just did it because that was what you think you did. And then I saw your business and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we could up the number of bookings we get from the direct book uh, through direct bookings and and using some of the things in like from last year and just just looking more into it we've increased our direct bookings I think we're at about 70 percent now maybe 70 75 percent so I'm looking forward to just listening to the journeys listening to the tips from the experts to see how we can get that up even higher oh that's amazing what great feedback thank you so much so lovely to hear what are some of the things that you were able to put in practice this year that have helped with that success I think there's there's a lot about how you present the information on your website to make it more attractive for direct booking and then equally how you present on the booking system the booking platforms that you're with to again encourage them to direct bookings yeah so things like how to do what things to include on a web page I watched Kelly, is it Kelly Oders talk about booking platforms? Yeah, no, but it also, uh, all the marketing, all the social media, it's almost a full-time, well, it is a full-time job for many people, isn't it? And it's yeah. learning how we can manage that when we have to manage the entire rest of our business. Yeah, I, I use something called Canva, which is a design tool, and then you can schedule posts on Canva. So you just set a month's worth of posts on Canva and kind of walk away and leave it but they don't do stories that you can't you can't schedule a story yeah you can schedule posts well stories are great for you know off the cuff you know in the moment kind of sharing I think I saw quite a few stories about your little chick yeah what I'm trying to do now is once a month I'm trying to create a story that's just the images of everything that's happened at Wild Harvest the previous month Mm mm-hmm like oh in June you know we had the chicks we had this group doing archery and we had basket weaving day we had you know we we built this or whatever so like every month I'm trying to do a story of what's happened at Wild Harvest. Oh that's great now before we end I wanted to ask you what does direct booking success mean to you? Uh, Well if both our TP sites say and the cabin in France this is an example were all rented out through Airbnb Uh, we'd be looking at about uh, £400 a week saved, yeah, by by getting those same bookings direct. That's a lot of money, £400 a week. It is. It's capable of getting from us if all three bookings were, yeah, possibly more if we had midweek bookings. I just concentrate on weekend bookings. But if we then, like last year, we had back-to-back, we had midweek, then weekend bookings. Because normally I don't bother with midweek bookings. That's my time off. You know, I optimise every weekend. But so if we had midweek bookings as well, we're talking even more than £400 a week. Mm-hmm. The 800 would go to Airbnb. Yeah. So financial, I don't find the platform a problem to manage, really. It's easy enough to manage. I also don't like how all my reviews go to them, you know. Mm-hmm. 
mean, I have got a strategy to pull my Airbnb's va- uh, reviews via Elf site into my own website so that they're not just stuck on Airbnb. But yeah, kind of owning your own customer relations as well. Yeah, definitely. And I guess with that money saved as well, you know, it adds up so quickly. That's uh, another weekend's booking, isn't it? Yeah. It that you like, don't... For a bit of software, it's crazy amount of money because all Airbnb and the platforms are their dating site, te- their dating site technology. It's kind of matchmaker technology. That's my other business idea for the future, by the way. So I've been looking into the software, how to create a dating site. And I was like, this is just what Airbnb is. It's dating site software, you know, a seeker finds a match and then you have to go through a verification process. So it is very easy to do and yet they charge an absolute fortune for it. Yeah, that's that's a really great way of thinking of them as a matchmaking site. I love that. I really do. No excuse to be charging the amounts that they do, basically. No. No, but we're in such a unique industry that we do have the OTAs, you know, Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo, Expedia, all that. That will bring us, sorry? Too many. (laughs) Yeah, there are too many. There's a lot. But they bring us, they bring us booking. So it's easy to become complacent and sit back and go, oh, well, they're just, they're bringing me the bookings. It's fine. But what I think people need to remember is the control and also the savings, the financial savings. Yeah. I think it's important when you're first starting out to be listed on them, you know, to help bring first lot of customers but equally you can optimize your listings with them to you know subtly send people like check our website for our activities or whatever things Mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely a good way to to bring people over to your direct booking website well thank you Di so much I've learned so much as usual from you I can't wait to hear your presentation at the direct booking success summit in September. Maybe we could just tell everybody where they can find out more from you. Yes, certainly. Well, my business is listed online as wildharvest.org, but I also have glampsitesuccess.com, which is an ebook that I have with the whole kind of business formula and printables in there. But that's with it. That's on the same website as wildharvest.org anyway. So I'm here to help other glamp sites, basically. Brilliant. And we will put those links into the show notes. Thanks again, Di. All right. Thanks, Jen. And good luck with the summit. I'm looking forward to it. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website directbookingsuccess.com. See you next week.